Morning. Slightly complicated reading this morning, in that it dots around a little bit. We're reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, and we're starting in chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 1, verse 7, and verses 11 to 15. Or you can just listen. If you're using a church Bible, it's on page 1128. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I'm a debtor, both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Now we're going to skip over to chapter 15. And verses 20 to 24. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I wouldn't be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see. And those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and that you will assist me on my journey there, after I have enjoyed your company for a while. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thank you, Margaret and the band, and Ruth also for that beautiful reading of God's word. Good morning, friends. Uh, Let me begin by saying a a big thank you to all of you. You might have seen already in the church bulletin that after three years of going through um, the accreditation process, 
I was grilled last week, and um, that's, uh, I think, they've now decided that I'm fully cooked. <laughs> and so, thank you for all your prayers, uh, much appreciated after those three years. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, I really, yeah, I'm fully cooked, I am now in your test. I think there's still a bit of uh, cooking a little bit until I might really fit to your test. But above all, um, cook until the Lord comes. <laughs> so keep bearing with us as we continue the journey. But uh, and sincerely, thank you for all your prayers and for all uh, your support. It means a lot. Um, second thing I want to say for those who um, are not familiar with uh, our... Um, Christianity, we had a big event that was commemorated last Thursday across the world as far as uh, Christianity is concerned. Is anyone can remember what it was? Well, the picture I think is coming on the screen. I could not find a better picture but that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Ascension, you know, as the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth, finished his work, is the time to go up again to his Father. And this is very crucial for us Christians because we have someone who is sitting there at the right hand of the Father as an advocate and who keep pleading on our behalf. An important truth. But also he said to the disciples, his friends, his apostles, before I am, you need to be doing work. So before he left, he said to his friend, you will be going to all over the world to be my witnesses. And um, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And then uh, as uh, these friends were looking intently how he has gone, two men or uh, angels appeared and said to them, why are you looking intent like that? This same Jesus who has gone will come back the same way he has gone. So we are looking forward to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, while we're still waiting for him, he is in the business of appearing to people, changing their lives, giving them a mission, a work to do. So he went, and then one time he appeared to someone called Paul and gave him a mission, something to do. So Paul became a missionary and he did a lot. And at one time, he got something he was praying for. So this is Paul, the missionary. He was praying to visit Rome and Spain. He has done already some work, but is desperate to go and visit Rome and Spain. Now, I gave a homework last week. 
Has anyone done the homework? At least uh, Ruth did the homework. And then Tricia, right. Did you get the answer? You got the answer. So could you stand and tell us the homework when in the Bible for the first time Paul mentioned his intention, his desire to go to Rome? Is that? Well, I'm glad I bought the two chocolates. So, <laughs> seriously, I did not know how many. Come on, come on and get the chocolate. Trisha told me yesterday in the car, if I get that right, could you please buy a milk chocolate? <laughs> that's, not, that's for Ruth. Well, and Lindsay, you, and, Lindsay deserves this too. Oh, Lindsay deserves that. Thank you. Thank you for doing the homework. Yeah. So good. Paul had this desire. He wanted to go to Rome and to Spain. But, there is a but, there were some delays, and long delays, and sometime it was no. Now, I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to pray, but as, as we want to wrestle on this topic, we pray, but sometimes the answer doesn't come quickly. We wrestle. We wrestle with the delays. These days, I know many people are waiting for, uh, to begin with, an NHS appointment. Delay after delay. What do we do? Can we learn something from Paul's prayer, desire to go to Rome, desire to go to Spain? Not just for a, a tourist, touristic way, but he wanted to preach the gospel. He wanted to do God's work, but delays after delays. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we listen, I pray that you may help us to receive your word, not as word that just come from a mere mortal like me, a word of Abby, but as it is actually is your word. Continue to speak to us, O oh Lord. Show us Jesus, his victory, and the fullness of life, the power, and the freedom that is given to all those who belong to him. Open our eyes, the eyes of our heart, and by your spirit, set us free, comfort us, 
que vaze endurance and assurance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Prayer and God's sovereign delays and no. So, what we're going to do is basically to go, first of all, to look at his plan to go to Rome. Paul has a plan to visit Rome. But as Rufe read, we heard something of uh, remarkable. Uh, and, and, and back again to um, that chapter 1 in verse 13. This is what we read uh, when, when he says, I planned many times to come to you. He's now writing, as last week we saw from a place called the Corinth. You know, he already had an intention um, back in chapter 19, saying, I want to visit Rome. He comes uh, to Corinth, he's now writing, saying, I have planned many a time to come to you, but I have been prevented. Delays. And then towards the end of his, uh, his letter to these uh, friends of his, in chapter 15, verse 22, he said, this is why I have been hindered from coming to you. Delays. But the question to raise, we can all ask is this. Who or what hindered Paul? Who and what prevented him, delayed all this. It seems from uh, chapter 1, it's not that yet clear, but in chapter 15, we begin to see something. But if we ask that question, we see that sometime in Paul's life, he was hindered by uh, at least what I can see from the scripture, three things or three people or three uh, circumstances or, or ways. But uh, the first one, Paul was hindered by the Holy Spirit. In, in that uh, chapter 16 of Acts, um, Paul is in a mission. Twice we see that if you read that passage, He's in a business of going to preach the gospel to this place. He goes there, but the Bible tells us he was prevented by the Holy Spirit. And then he turned to another direction. He tried again to go there. The Bible tells us in that passage, he was again prevented by the Holy Spirit. That must have been really frustrating. He doesn't tell us how the Holy Spirit prevented him. Or Luke, who is writing, doesn't tell us how the Holy Spirit prevented him. But uh, can you see the people who was, were with him on the company going with him, thinking, we are just moving from place to place endlessly. What's going on here? I mean, sometimes there is a temptation to say, I'm desperate to preach here. And, and, and the door is not opening, then I can force it myself. Or, or another temptation, I quit. 
I cannot go doing that. But Paul waited until the moment came for the vision and he went to Macedonia. So keep that in mind. Then, not only he was prevented by the Holy Spirit in his life, but also we hear from what we read, it is look like and most likely he was preventing from going to Rome because of the challenge of complete, uh, completing the work that he was doing wherever he was. So in other words, the Lord did not want him to go to Rome until he has accomplished, first of all, the work that he was doing where he was. Although his desire is to go to Rome, I really want to preach there. But, uh, you know, in that chapter 15, you look at uh, verse 20, what we read there, he said, I have been preaching from Jerusalem all the way. And then he goes, this is why. So in other words, I, the Lord knew I still had work to do here. That's why I was prevented from coming to you. But also, he was prevented many a time by what is called a satanic opposition. If you look at the first Thessalonians, by the way, that verse there of First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18, the word used there when he wanted to go to visit his friend in Thessalonica, and, the, and he said, Satan blocked us, Satan opposed us. The same word is used in Romans chapter 15, verse 22. And so there is the work of God, but here is a satanic opposition. Now, Paul knew very, uh, uh, very much that there were forces also that can prevent someone. In fact, the word used there is uh, uh, cutting the road and making blockage, hindrance, so that you cannot achieve what you wanted to do. And that's why even when he, went, he was already on his way to Rome, uh, Luke in Acts tells us that many a time he faced the storms and the shipwreck and everything. And, 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 the, and the word there, storm, is just not uh, um, natural forces of uh, water and everything, but actually demonic forces preventing him to arrive to Rome. And I was reflecting on this, and I thought, what lessons can we learn from here? Well, first of all, this really requires what is called the need of discernment in our lives. How Paul knew that one moment is the Holy Spirit, is the work of God, but this particular time is certain. A really challenge for us, friends, even in our daily today life, whether you want to get involved in a relationship or in a business or going about your life, try to discern the will of God. 
is a challenge for all of us. But also one thing which I saw there is that, uh, for instance, with regard to satanic opposition, this might just, might, might just explain the mystery surrounding some of the tardy responses to our prayers. Because when we pray, thinking, why is not coming quickly? Why is not the answer? Wow, it might just be an opposition. And there's an illustration in the Bible. Uh, we talked about it at one point when uh, Daniel, he was praying in chapter 10. For three weeks, he was just praying and waiting for an answer. What he did not know, the answer was just on the way. The angel brought the answer, but he was hijacked by the forces of that particular region. Until the Lord sent again the more powerful angel, Michael, to come and rescue him. So the response could have been there, but they just the forces of evil. And I said uh, uh, last time, uh, can't remember whether it's last Sunday or the previous Sunday. Sometime for us here in the West, I've been here a little bit long enough. We neglect these uh, uh, things of uh, satanic opposition and we just uh, see and we dismiss by saying, well, it, it, it wasn't meant to be. That's sometimes how we dis dismiss that. But, but Paul did not dismiss, even when he said it to the Thessalonians, he knew there was a, a satanic opposition. But not only the satanic opposition, sometimes there are also other factors that can contribute to that in our lives. And the Bible talks, for instance, if in our lives we cherish sin and we don't confess it, that might just hinder the response to come to us in our prayers. Read Psalm, 20, Psalm 66, verse 18. You find that. But also another factor sometimes we ask the wrong, for the wrong motives. Read James chapter 4, verse 3. We don't get because we ask in the wrong motives. But sometimes, for those of us who are married, it can be just uh, our relationship with our spouses can just be not going right, even when we are praying. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, sometimes that might just uh, also delay until these things are sorted out. But sometimes, perhaps the worst thing is just to say, I don't want to pray. How do we wrestle with this? But the other lesson we can learn is quickly this. It can also be encouraging to know that sometimes Paul, in, in, in his caliber, wrestled with exactly knowing the will of God. He went to one moment in one place, it doesn't work. And then he tried again, it doesn't work. And he's waiting. And I thought, 
This is encouraging because sometimes we may not quickly find the will of God, but sometimes it is in trying that we can find whether that door is closed or that door is open. Last week, I received a really wonderful gift. This is written by the brother of Andrew, and it is in French, which is great, you know. Every day, there is a grace. And um, I've been really enjoying this gift. And, um, and, and, and in one of the, um, the, the, the daily devotion there, there is a guy in America who really wanted to go for a um, mission society. But there was no mission society that would take him. He, he, he had the call, but he tried. All the doors were shut. And because they said, well, we are too often sick, which he was. But in his heart, he knew that the Lord called him. So then all the doors were shut. What he did, he said, Lord, since the doors are shut, I will serve you here. So he became an evangelist there in America. And started, and boy, the ministry was just blessed. Churches were planted. You see, it is by trying to find where was the will of God when his mind was set to go abroad, but the Lord wanted him just to be there. We shall come back to this quickly later on. But let me move again to Paul's plan to go to Spain. Now, this is to say, some here in the room will know this. We have no evidence, biblically, whether Paul arrived in Spain or not. We don't have that. There are other traditions that say that Paul arrived. And so, since we don't have a biblical evidence, this is what came to my mind as I was preparing this. Now, if he arrived in Spain... At least that must have taken long delays. Remember from the time he was writing, he arrived in Rome after three years. And then he was arrested in Jerusalem. When he arrived in Rome, he's a prisoner. He was kept confined in his rented room as a prisoner. And he was there for two years, three, five, two, five years of delay before he arrived in Spain, if he, if he arrived. Long delays. But if he has never gone to Spain, then that is seen as a no. Even though he was praying he wanted to go to Spain, God's sovereignty say no. And this will not be the first time that uh, Paul has faced a no from the Lord. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 7, verse 1 to 12, we see him there. He was given this thorn, this thorn on the flesh. Three times he pleaded with the Lord, remove this. The Lord said, no. Only my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, I'm giving you the grace to cope 
with this suffering that is given through this thorn. Then there's a no there. So you can see the delays and you can see the no's that can come with our prayers. But not only this is assuring for us that some of the prayers of Paul were not answered the way he wanted. Because this is also what we too go through. We want desperately something, but it doesn't come. But what is encouraging is this. The Lord overrules all these delays and the no's. Because while he was in Rome, something remarkable happened. As he wanted to go to Spain, he's there for two years. Do you know, or could you, can you remember, for those who have already gone through these biblical studies, that it is in Rome, while his mind is going to go to Spain, it is in Rome that he wrote these, uh, well, keep going, these uh, four letters. It is there in prison. He's writing there. This is encouraging because the Lord of the harvest doesn't make any mistakes. He wants to go there, but through these delays and the nose, I can bring something very fruitful, not only for the people in Spain, but which will be for the whole church of Christ for centuries to come. These letters, when you read them, and at one time we as a church went through perhaps one or two of these letters, they just breathe an atmosphere of joy, of peace, of content, contentment, of love. Paul believed in the sovereignty of God. I mean, let's let just read uh, one, one of uh, uh, the verse in one of these letters. In um, uh, Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to verse 14. This is what he said. As he is writing from Rome, confined in that prison, he is saying, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Now I want to, you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to the advancement of the gospel. As a result, it became clear that throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else, I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chain, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. God has turned things around. He has overruled everything. Not only Paul is writing, but Paul is speaking boldly. And Paul is reaching out to many other people. And the others are greatly encouraged. When you read these letters, friend, you see there how Paul, particularly in, in Ephesians and the Philippians and the Colossians, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is supreme. Yes, Caesar who must have been arrested him, is seen as the Lord. 
But he knows that there is a Lord of Lords. And when you read this letter, it looks like Paul's eyes have opened to see the victory of Jesus Christ. The fullness of life, the power, and the freedom that is given to all those who belong to Jesus. Even though he is arrested, even though there is delay, but he is still free to preach the gospel. And God's kingdom still advancing. And I wrote here, as I come soon to conclusion, perhaps there are some no's in our lives or some long delays. But who knows? Perhaps God is planning to do something that is not yet seen by anyone that God might just be using in those delays and in our lives. And so we should perhaps just looking at what is there I can do instead of worrying about of not getting my way. For as a song we shall sing soon, God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Deep in unfathomable mind of ever-failing skills, he works his sovereign wills. What William Cooper wrote many, many years ago. What, what to say as we come to conclude this part of uh, um, prayer um, before we move to another section the next few weeks is that uh, in this business of prayer, friends, is not so much what we get from there in terms of answer to prayer, but actually in the business of prayer. God is moving us to know him better. To know him better. That even if that opposition is coming from the enemy, this God still overrules everything. In fact, even when Satan tried or blocked Paul to go to see his friend in Thessalonica. The good news is that blockage brought about the writing of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and the church was blessed until today. God overrules. He may try to block us, but the Lord will build us up. Satan may try to block us. Satan may try to hinder us. The Lord will build us up. Perhaps my conclusion today is coming from this passage which I just want to read. The more I look at this, God's sovereignty in our lives, the more I see perhaps this profound statement that the Lord brought through Paul, has he pondered on the mystery of God in the way he does things? He said, Oh, the depth 
of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment and his path beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? And who has been his counselor? Who has ever given it to God that God should repay them? For from him, through him, and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. To God be the glory.